Um, do we have, uh, Gary, do we have the Apostles' Creed? Can we do that? I'd like us to read this together. This is what they read as they were baptized into the Christian faith. Let's read together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Church of Jesus Christ, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Praise His name. If you haven't been baptized yet, we, we'd love to be part of that in your life. Let the office know, and we'll be glad the next time when it comes around to be part of that wonderful experience for you. <clears throat> this week, I was thinking about a number of scriptures different scriptures from different parts of the Bible that we read from time to time. To be honest, they are very familiar passages of scripture scattered through the Bible. And I read them and I ask myself, is it true? Could it be? For example, here's one. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Immeasurably more. Could it be true? Here's one. My God will supply all my needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. All my needs. If only that were true. You may ask for anything in my name, Jesus says, and I will do it. Ask anything in my name. If, if only it were true. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Did you hear that? Will be given will find, will be opened. If only it were true. Here's a familiar one. If my people, who are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sins, and will heal their lands. If only it were true. I don't know if you ever felt that way. After reading the confidence of the Word of God. After reading the, the no doubt about it attitude that comes from the Word of God. If only it were true. Immeasurably more. <laughs> Ask anything. It will be given. 
Well, here's the glorious bottom line this morning. It is true. Every bit of it is true. You see, I and millions more like me, some sitting right here, have proven Him true what He says He will do. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. He, he really does. Another familiar verse of Scripture is Jeremiah 29, 11. It says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You see, God's plan, or God has a plan for you, right now, right here, that will make you more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's plan for you is personal. God's plan for you is complete. God's plan for you is exciting and fulfilling and inspiring. God's plan for you spans generations. God's plan for you is holy. God's plan for you is matchless. In other words, no matter who you are, and how clever you are, and how on top of things you are, whatever plan you can concoct from your human understanding for your life is no match, not even close, to the plan that God has formed with your name on it for you. Not even close. God has a plan for you. And the glorious bottom line is that it is all true. Every bit of it. Okay, Pastor Chuck, good, good, good. I mean, it sounds good, I like it, I hear it, good verses, and even if I spend time thinking about it, I get chills up and down spine, my, the bat, up and down my back. Okay, good, good, Pastor Chuck. But how can this specific, unique plan that God has, you say, for me, work in my life? How can I benefit from God's plan, this specific plan that He has for me? This, this, this plan with my name on it, how is it possible? Well, I'm actually glad you asked. Because God's Word has some answers for us this morning. Let me start with this. I have a request. The request is this. Don't blow this off. Don't sit there and go... That's my illustration of blowing it off. Don't, don't, don't blow this off. Because the point is, it works. It is true. This is the answer for your life following God's will. Everything you're dealing with right now, everything that's going on in your life, everything that's pressing in on you, everything that's surrounding you and threatening to destroy you, God has a plan for you to follow to get from there to become more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ our Lord. God has a plan for you. A plan specifically and uniquely for you. 
For the past three weeks, we've been hearing principles, biblical principles, uh, on how to manage our stuff, our money, our finances, our stuff, in a way that works and pleases God and impacts His kingdom and the world. Now, these haven't been easy fixes, but they are proven fixes, biblical principles, part of God's plan for people like you and me. You see, God has a plan. And God's plan, get this, get this, God's plan always works when God's people are faithful to it. God's plan never works when you, when you have Him leave yours on His shelf and follow your own will. It never works. And I mean never, and I meant always. God's plan always works. Your plan, not so much. God's plan. He has a plan for you. Now, God doesn't take His plan, wrap it all up in a neat bundle, and zap you with it. I want to know my plan, your plan for my life, God. Zap God's plan. No, 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 no. He doesn't do that. He wants you to join Him in partnership for life. He wants you to get into a covenant relationship with Him. I will be your God, He says to us, and you will be my people. A covenant relationship. When that happens, when you step into that kind of a relationship with God, something beautiful occurs. God begins to unfold His unique, specific plan for you as you walk the journey of life for Him as His partner. Then, then, His plan becomes your life. God's plan begins to define you. Strengthen you, fulfill you, lead you into a life that is balanced and effective in His kingdom and in this world. Brothers and sisters, when that happens, (laughs) your spiritual stars line up. And you become what God created you to become. And then we go, from the depths of our soul, we go... Ah, this is what I was born to be. God has a plan for you. So this morning, I want to talk about God's plan, but I want to talk about our part. God says, I will be your God, but then we say, we will be your people. So there's something on our part. What is it? Part of our partnership, our covenant, our part. In short, it's a lifestyle adjustment from the things of this world which grow strangely dim to the things, the principles, the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. It is a lifestyle adjustment. There's something that happens on our part. Now, God does all the heavy lifting, no question. But something happens from your side and my side. Here's the first one. God has a plan, you know, a specific plan for you and for me. A plan with your name on it, fashioned just with you in mind. God has a plan for you to follow. But we need to live in His love. 
God has a plan, but we need to live in His love. Turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 12 and 13 first. John chapter 15 verse 12 says this. Jesus is speaking here. John chapter 15 verse 12. My command is this. Did you get that? My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Verse 17 then, down a little further, says this. This is my command. Love each other. Jesus also says in Matthew and Mark, he says in the great commandment, he says, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. See, God's covenant people, those who are in partnership with Him on this journey we call life, live daily in His love. In fact, it defines us. People recognize who we belong to by the way we love one another. One of the early church fathers named Tertullian wrote this in the third century. He was writing a quote from pagans that lived around Christians in the third century. Now this is a familiar quote. It's been it's been requoted many times. You've probably heard it. But this is a quote out of the mouth of pagans about their Christian neighbors. It simply says this. See how they love one another. The way they loved each other, the way they treated each other, got the world's attention. See, God has a plan, but we need to live in His love. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. Not boop, boop, boop. No, no. Lavished on us. Now, if that is true, if God actually lavishes His love on people that accept Him as their personal Savior, shouldn't it make a difference in our lives? <laughs> What do you think? Well, the people, the pagans of the third century would stand up and say, absolutely, it makes a difference, because that's how Christians live that I know. Look how they love one another. God's plan for our lives is unfolded to us. Step by step, day by day, it is unfolded to us as we love Him and love each other. God is love. God's people love each other. In fact, this is actually God's plan for all of us. His sum it all up plan for you and me. Love. Can you get your mind wrapped around that, brothers and sisters? Love. Now, if you are anxious or curious... To know God's plan for your life. Okay, you've been talking about it, Pastor Chuck. I'm anxious. I'm curious to know God's plan for my life. But, listen now, but you have a 
critical spirit that comes out most of the time. People know you as a critical person. Or you have an unforgiving spirit, let's say. Or you tend to be angry or moody much of the time. Or you live a life of selfishness most of the time. If you are in that kind of a situation, you're in no condition to hear God's plan. Because you aren't listening. Your critical spirit, your unforgiving spirit, your anger, your moodiness, your selfishness is too loud to hear God's still, small voice. Love one another. Love. 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 God, I wish you'd yell it in our ears. We need to live in His love. Join Him in partnership, in covenant, if we are going to clearly sense and see His plan revealed. You know, that unique plan for you revealed in our lives. God's plan is for you to love Him with every cell in your body. I love you and love each other like Jesus loved us. There is a story about Francis of Assisi. Francis lived around the year 1200. Francis was a follower of God who longed to know God's plan for his life and who longed to know God much better. And he prayed that way. Day after day, God, I need to know you better. Help me, Lord. Do whatever in my life you need to do to help me to love you more. So one day, Francis was praying, and as he was praying, God spoke to him. And God said, Francis, love the lepers. What? Love the lepers. You see, the problem is, or was, that Francis was afraid of the lepers. He couldn't stand them. They were disfigured and deformed and they oozed. And I won't go any further than that. It was grotesque. And they thought it was extremely contagious. He could not stand lepers. And God said, Francis, love the lepers. Well, days went by. One day, Francis was walking down the street, and, and down there, right, right coming toward him was a leper. He's coming right toward him. Now, the law said that when a leper comes towards you on this side of the street, you have to cross over to the other side of the street to avoid that contagious leper. So, being a law-abiding person, Francis started to cross the street. He got to the other side of the street, and he heard this voice say, Francis, go hug the leper. Francis, God, no, God, please, anything but that. God, I'll do anything but that. You ever said that to God? <laughs> you really meant it too, didn't you? I'll do anything, God, but that. Francis, hug the leper. I want you, Francis, to show that man love. Francis, okay, reluctantly went over, hugged the leper. And as he let, the, let him go and looked at him, looked in his face, story goes, this leper's face became the face 
of Jesus. When you do these things for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do them unto me. You know what God was saying to Francis? Say, Francis, here's the plan. You are my hands. You are my feet. You are my arms. You are my legs. You are my voice. Now, Francis, I want to hug that guy, and I want you to do it for me. Okay, God. You see, God's plan is that you and I are known for our love. Let me ask you a question. Is there someone, think with me now, is there someone you just can't love? Is there someone that you can't forgive? I mean, you just can't do it. God's will, God's plan for your life is that you live in His lavished love. And that you love each other and forgive each other as Christ loved and forgave you. Brothers and sisters, that kind of life changes the world. Look how they love one another. Our part of the partnership to live in God's love. The second thing. God has a plan. You know that specific plan for you. That specific, unique plan with your name on it. He has a plan, but we need to live in obedience to Him. Back to John chapter 15. Look at verses 10 and 11. John chapter 15. Verse 10 says this. If you obey my commands, you see that? If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. See, love is the big deal. Love is is the... The whole enchilada. Love is what is most important to God. I am love, you be love. And Jesus then says, If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. In other words, when we are living in love and when we are living in obedience to God, Our whole being goes, yes! This is what I was created for. And there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. You see, God's plan is unleashed in your life and mine when we love. Absolutely. But it is also unleashed in your life and mine on a daily basis when we live in obedience to God's will and His ways. When we walk with Him step by step all day long. When that happens, our actions speak to the world and say this, I belong To God. Speak life. I belong to God. Because I I walk with Him. Do, Do people notice? 
Do you walk with Christ? Does your life scream to the world, I follow God's Word? See, if we truly and deeply love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, if we truly do, wouldn't we obey Him? I mean, I love Carla, and I, well, I don't know, I don't think I could, probably not the same thing. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Yes. Do you love me, Peter? Yes. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, read my lips. Yes, I love you. And then Jesus said, well then, do something about it. Obey me. Follow my plan for you. Feed my sheep. Get into partnership or covenant with me. Do something. Obey me. Walk with me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. God's plan for you and me is to follow kingdom principles every day. I mean, does that sound right to you? Principles that are found in, let's say, the Ten Commandments. Principles that are found in the Sermon on the Mount. Principles that are found on and leap off of God's pages in His Word. Seems to me that it should be easy to tell God's people apart from the people in our community that haven't yet accepted Christ. Look how they love one another. Too often... We blend in just fine, thank you. Our partnership with God, this this covenant that we have with Him, should be a neon sign. This neon sign that said, Obeyer of God's Word. Blink, 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 as we walk around in the darkness of sin in this world. I obey and love God. See, God has a plan for your life and mine. But we need to live in obedience in order for Him to reveal fully that plan to you and me. Third thing. God has a plan, but we need to live in the flow of God's grace. Oh, God's grace. Now, the definition of God's grace is simply this, unmerited favor from God. Something that we don't deserve and can't earn, but He gives it to us anyway. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says this, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. God's grace, it draws you to Him. God's grace saves you from your sins. God's grace sanctifies you wholly. God's grace sustains you in this life. It's all about God's grace. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, My grace, God says to Paul, is sufficient for you. God's grace comes to His people most powerfully when we need it most. Now, there are a number of people sitting here today that are in desperate need of a good dose of God's grace. Don't run from it. 
run to it. God's grace. Whatever is happening to you right now, whatever it is, whatever is weighing heavy on you, don't give in. Don't give up. Don't continue to be discouraged. Don't let depression overcome you. God's grace is sufficient for you. I mean, it is or it isn't. God's grace is sufficient for you. Hang in there. Be patient. Give God a chance to give you more grace. On His time, not yours. See, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. His grace really is sufficient for you and for me. God has a plan, a unique, specific plan for you and for me. But we need to live in His love. We need to live in obedience. We need to live in the flow of God's grace. And finally, God has this unique, specific plan for you. But we need to live in the power of the Spirit. We need to live... In the power of the Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. See, God has a plan for your life. But His plan works best when we are filled with with the Spirit. His plan works best when we are filled with the Spirit. You will receive power. And the result of that in Acts chapter 1-8 is you will be my witnesses. Or the power comes. God fills you with the Spirit and you do what He's calling you to do. Have you been... I know it's a <coughs> excuse me. I know it's a personal question, but I'm in the business to ask personal questions. It's what I do. It, let me ask you this: um, Have you been filled with the Spirit? I mean, you know, have you? If not, why not? Don't know what it means. You don't have to seek God with all your heart. Have you been filled? You see, it is God's plan for His children. What's the prayer? Let me see. What's the prayer? Um, Come, Holy Spirit. We need you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the one. Come, Holy Spirit. We need you. Say that with me. Come, Holy Spirit. We need you. Fill this place, Father. Sanctify us through and through. May a mighty rushing wind fill this place. Father, there's people right here right now that are desperate for you. There are people that that need an answer, Lord. And they're not sure that you're it. 
Maybe they think that they've tried you before and you haven't worked. But Lord, will you, will you renew your presence in their lives and say, You haven't given me a good shot yet. Lord, move us to the place where we can receive everything you have for us. Brothers and sisters, God has a plan for you. God has a plan. Live in His love. Live in obedience. Live in the flow of His Spirit. Receive His power from on high. I can tell you this, your family, your church, and your world needs nothing less from you than fully committed to God. Nothing less. I mean, it's past time for games, spiritual games. It's past time for you to say, eh, Sunday and maybe a little later. No, it is time. There's, there's not time left. There's not much time. It's time for you to say, I'm in. I'm all in. Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to seek God with all your heart. I don't know how to do that. Just seek Him. Have you ever been in love with anybody? Seek God with everything you have. Sincerely bow before Him and tell Him that you are serious this time. This time, Lord, by Your grace, I mean business. And then day after day after day after day, spend quality time with Him, whatever that means in your busy life. Quality time with the Father. Lord, I'm serious now. I'm into it now. Change my heart, O God. Change my heart. And today, you can start fresh. Start new. Start over. Start now. And live in the life of immeasurably more. Of asking anything in God's name. Oh, If only it were true. The glorious bottom line. And and we ought to to stand up and cheer on this one. We ought to say, glory to God. The glorious bottom line is that it's all true. Every bit of it. It's true. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all you've provided for us. Lord, we have not been faithful as a community. Lord, would you just wrap us all up? Just gather us in as a mother hen gathers her chicks. Just gather us in and hold us close. Breathe into our lives. And help us to say once and for all, yes. Yes. God says to you and to me today, God says, come, come, start over, start new, come. God says, listen to this now, God says, I have a plan for your life that will change everything. Put that in your spiritual bag. I have a plan for you that will change everything. Come. 
Let's stand together. And, and when we sing this, let's mean it. Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh Maybe there's, maybe there's one or, or two. I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's a couple that just want to say, you know, for me this morning, in order to nail this down, start anew, start fresh, embrace God's plan like never before, for me this morning, it's going to take me walking down this aisle and kneeling in front of God and everybody and saying, God, this time, I'm serious. We're going to say it one more time. And if you're in that category, come. Love to pray with you. God has a plan for you. And that plan will change everything. Sing, Pastor. Change my heart, oh God. Yes, Lord. Change us, Lord. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh sisters in Christ. Help us, Lord, as we go out into the 
the, the afternoon that you would help us to embrace you like never before. This time, Father, this time, we're serious. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you.